Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason Smith, and I'm originally from California, but now I'm living in beautiful Wuhan, China. Today with me is Alex. Hello, everybody. I am Alex Schur. I am from the Northeast part of China, and I'm speaking to you from Beijing, China. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Today I wanted to talk, and actually this might actually overlap a little bit, about honesty. Because, you know, in the United States, people try not to say things, especially as of late, like with uh, the increasingly sensitive culture that we live in. Yep. And people are very careful not to talk about a lot of topics. But in, in China, I noticed or as soon as I got here, people would say things like, uh, oh, you know, you've gained weight. You're a little fat now. And it's like, oh, oh, yeah, I, I am. But, you know, that's not something people would generally say in America. They always said it with a smile, an innocent smile. You wow, you, Jason, you're really fat. You should probably lose some weight. And it's like they seem they, they have this look of like total like this is fine. <laughs> so I think it's a obviously I've lived here for almost 10 years now. I think, you know, Chinese people are just trying to be helpful and it's like a way of being kind even to like try to help your friend is am i wrong about this how would you put it you're absolutely not wrong about this jason but i i i get it it's a little you know and i don't i don't commence it i don't encourage it but it's not done with malicious intentions mm -hmm. behind it and that's what i always say and i do think that you know however i look and the thing is, for Chinese people, yes, there are comments like this thrown mm. at your face from time to time. But we also have really smart comebacks to these comments. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know this yeah. was a thing. Because I always just thought, oh, okay, this is a cultural difference. Accept it and move on. So people would say like, oh, you've gained weight. And then the way to respond to that is like, did, did I eat the rice in your house <laughs> to gain these? Gain the weight? <laughs> no, I didn't. So it's not, I didn't eat your food to gain weight. So back off. Wow. So people have these, yeah, it's, you know. It's all jokingly. It's all kind of fun. It's just to make you sometimes because it does make people feel a little bit being put on the spot and a little awkward when people comment about their appearance or, you know, sometimes we like to comment on the house you live in, the cars you drive and stuff. And I, I'm not saying that it's it's all OK, but, you know, um, <laughs> Again, it's not so much, it's not that much judgment. And then they say it, they, they forget about it. They don't think anything more to it. You know? I think if you go to a lot of different cultures, you're going to encounter a lot of different communication styles. So I think, you know, if you're in one culture, let's just randomly pull two cultures out of a hat. Okay, Croatia and Sweden. I've just made that up, okay? I, I don't know nothing about that. I know, I know nothing <laughs> about Sweden and Croatia. But like, let's say, you know, someone in Croatia might be, well, those Swedes, they're not very polite. And the Swedish might be, well, those Croatians, they're not not very polite. I think the thing is every culture has its own rules. And when you don't follow those specific rules, that's when people perceive you as being rude. And so it's not a matter of like someone's being rude in a particular culture. It's that yeah. the rules are different. Actually, I was watching a video uh, last night on YouTube. There were two different videos that I was watching. And one was Japanese people commenting on Chinese people. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And one was what it was called. What do Japanese people really think of Chinese people? <laughs> and the other, there was another video that was accompanying by the same vlogger. It was called what do Chinese people really think about Japanese people? And there were a lot of really kind things actually that, th- that they said. And I was really actually surprised about how kind people were about each other. But I did notice yeah. that both the Japanese and the Chinese at one point said, well, you know, the Chinese are just a little more rude than the Japanese. And that the Chinese people also <laughs> said the same thing about the Japanese. Well, the Japanese are just a little bit more rude than would. the Chinese people. But they, they were really kind. There are lots of kind words. So, you know, I think it's it's not that anyone's more rude or less rude. It's that there are these cultural differences. There are rules about what kinds of things can be said, how they can be said, and what context they can be said. And when someone breaks those rules, you, you know it. You know, in America, generally... Like, you know, for people who've more than second or third generation immigrants, people who are, you know, really enculturated into American culture, it's generally not okay Mm. to talk about like weight as an example. But there are other things you could talk about that may not be appropriate in other cultures. And and circling back to the the example you just used when Chinese uh, people Mm -hmm. and Japanese people are trying to comment on each other's. Uh, rules, habits, and, you know, things that they live by, principles they live by, it's always, people are always going to Mm. be a little bit more critical towards another group. You're talking Mm. about Mm. those Mm. people as a group where you're kind of looking at them as a phenomenon, but they're Mm. always more receptive when you're dealing with, you know, an individual. Like if you know, I was just having this conversation with my boyfriend the other day as Mm. well, because he's trying to learn Chinese. Well, he hasn't started taking classes yet, so this is to put pressure on him when he listens Does to Does he have a book? Does he have a book? I bought him the books, but he wants me to teach him. And I said, honey, that's a bad idea. Um, <laughs> it's a very bad idea. It's, it's just as bad as, as asking your husband or your wife to teach you how to drive. It's it's a very bad <laughs> <laughs> The only thing that it's, it's going to drive is a wedge between you. So, no, it's a bad idea. Don't, don't, I can't, I'm, I'm not going to teach you to find a teacher. No, you're totally right. My wife, uh, she's a lovely person. But after I mispronounce <laughs> something for the, about the fifth time, she's like, it's like this. It's like this, Jason. <laughs> like, okay, okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I was trying to, he, he would be like, oh, why are you making fun of me? I'm, I'm not making fun of you i'm just making you making making sure that you know that this is not how it's pronounced and you should probably try differently and stop trying to repeat it Mm. in a questioning tone and he's like Mm. i'm not questioning it but anyways he was saying (laughs) he was asking me like he was like uh, you know when i get in the car he was making sure that he was saying the the last four digits Mm. of his cell phone number correctly to the driver Mm, mm. and i said honey you don't get the tones down so that no matter how you say it they're not going to understand it but if you say the four numbers together and repeat it they will pick up that you're saying the word uh you're saying the the last four digits of your phone number and he's like okay Mm. but they uh, they're gonna ask me other things and what do i do and i said you just say tingbudong and he asked me he said is it rude for me to say tingbudong i said no, it's rude for me to say to a Chinese driver because I'm very apparently Chinese. Uh, but you're if you're a foreigner, they will understand. They look at you and they hear you. They know that you can't speak the language. And when you when you put yourself in that context first, it, it's established that you don't know the subtleties or the expectations that that people have to other people from their own group. So they'll understand. Well, 
actually, I want to I wanted to talk about that a little bit because I think it's really funny because I've gotten to the point where people will ask me, do you speak Chinese? And I'm like, not really. But I can say that I don't speak Chinese really eloquently. Mm. And then like they say, oh, so you I you sound like you understand. And I'm like, no, but I really don't understand how to speak Chinese yeah. and my Chinese. Is, but I say it really, really eloquently again, because I've gotten to the point where I can do that, where I can explain very clearly with using good grammar, how bad my grammar and listening is. And then they're like, no, 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 let's just be buddies and talk. And they then they open up and they start <laughs> saying all kinds of things yeah. that I have no idea about. And yes. then I'm like, I try to pull the Tingbudong and they always look disappointed. Like you set me up for this. <laughs> it's your fault. You know, <laughs> from, from experience, I did that. I had the same experience on from the other side of the table when I was in the States. And I think I've talked about this before, but like my accent has always been pretty solid. But the vocabulary, mm. even today, I wouldn't say I have a, you know, a huge vocabulary. There's so many words or whatever mm. that I don't mm. know. And when I first moved to the States and you think you know the language, but you learned it from textbooks and you're already mm-hmm. I was already 23 years old there are so many things that you missed like if you went to the states for college that puts you at a very different spot from someone who goes there for grad school that four years of you know intensive immersive learning and living in another culture gives you so much background and context of any conversations you would get in but when I got there I was like I watch Desperate Housewives and I watch Gossip <laughs> Girls and I listen to Westlife. And then like people are like, oh, wow, your your English is pretty good. Uh, so, uh, you know, the, the election that's coming up, I was like, good. <laughs> and I have to just oh, smile oh, yes. and nod yes. throughout the whole night. <laughs> I don't I don't pull the smile and nod as much. I usually just go straight to the I have no idea what you're talking about. Like and mm. sometimes that works because oftentimes I get like the. Uh, you know, oh, okay, I guess we'll stop here. And then I also get people who will, (laughs) there's three categories that stop here people. And you know, that's okay because I don't have the pressures off. Number two, I get the people who say the exact same thing again, slower, but more intensely. (laughs) Like my mom. (laughs) I still don't understand, but that sounded really, you know, there's a lot of pressure in that one. And then number three is people will change the way they say it to very simple terminology because maybe they have the experience like uh, of trying to understand someone. And that sometimes actually works and I will understand what Mm. they're saying. So it's like, putting it in an easier like kind of language yeah and then when they use a graded language sometimes i actually do understand kind of what they're talking about yeah like my mom firmly believes that if a person doesn't understand chinese and if you want to communicate with that person if you just say it really really slow (laughs) they will understand (laughs) yeah i've had that a lot it's really it's actually very it's it's fascinating like uh what would you say phenomenon that people who don't have a lot of experience, like trying to understand other people think that just by being like more intense or loud or slow, like people will just suddenly understand the words that they've never learned. Yeah. I've had this taxi driver in a, or what do you call that service lift driver when I was living in Charlotte and I got on, there was an, was an older gentleman and I was sitting in the back and he started making conversations with me and then he was speaking very very slowly because he turned around and he's like oh hello and then i was like I said, hello almost condescending super and he, hello yeah and he's like oh where are you from <laughs> so, well he's at least he's trying to be you know he's trying to have a communication he's trying to reach out i know i wanted to talk a little bit about you know in america the south of you know 
not the South America, but the American South is famous for it, what we call Southern charm. And then usually this refers to older ladies, but like, you know, older people in general, they have this very thick facade of politeness. So you don't really learn what they're really like or what they really thinking until you get in deep with them because they are like, oh, well, why don't you just sit over here, baby, right here? And do you want some tea? And like, they're really, really, really bubbly and kind and polite. Yeah. And so like, this is something I think is more true of generally of like some parts of America, like the Midwest a little bit and like some bit to the North or anything, not as much on the West coast, West coast people are just like, what's up man or whatever. Yeah. But like in the South, you know, so this is like, I, I have, I used to teach in a um, training school uh-huh. and a lot of people would come over from like the West coast or like, New England or and they would be like oh yeah cool I can and they adapt really fast to a Chinese culture because people are like real and they just say what they're thinking a lot of the time <laughs> and I have, I have some people from the south came over and they're like why is everyone like this and like you know they seem like kind of put out by the fact that people are just really honest with you like yeah yeah I'm hungry are you hungry okay let's go eat no I don't like that that's not good no no that doesn't taste good and like what what I made this and they're like yeah I don't want to have that anymore yeah so like I've- it's like the frankness of Chinese culture can be more well adapted to by some kinds of some Americans from some places. Yeah. Whereas like some of the cultures are like a little bit out of sync. So it takes someone who with a hearty disposition to like be able to adapt. It is a, it is a mixture here. Like there's not a, you can't just take everything from mm-hmm. wherever you are from the U.S. or at any part of the world really and just flip it and be like, oh, that's the Chinese way. Because like, yeah, 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 right. Like you said, when I was living in New York, I was like, oh, my God, I feel I feel I feel at home because people don't talk to each other I'm like this. is Perfect. <laughs> don't talk to me. I don't know you. I don't know how. But we used to, when I was living in Dombay, when I was living in the northeast, like everybody mm. knew everybody. I was living in the city. It was the capital city of the province. And it was a what we call the Jiaxuyuan, like people who work in the same comp- uh, it's for, work for the same university, all live mm. in that one compound. And everybody knew everybody. And mm. you were playing with the neighbor's kids and then if my parents were busy they would just leave me with the neighbors uh vice versa you know and and that's that's one culture when we moved to beijing like we've moved to beijing in 2005 till today i personally don't know any of our neighbors except for this one year there was an american family who were living above us and they had a giant dog i remember they were the first family that i i I talked to in the elevator who told me that i had a west coast accent when i didn't know what a west coast accent Mm -hmm. what uh, it really meant kind of do yeah right and so other than them i've never talked to any of our neighbors and and it's people are just kind of okay with it so when i moved to new york and i was like oh that's perfect i don't have to talk to my neighbors it's wonderful (laughs) like i loved it but but when i was in charlotte like people are very Mm, they want mm. to they greet you they talk to you there's a community pool and i was living sort of like a fancier community uh you know apartment complex and it was there was a pool people go people talk to each other it's basically summer all year round and you're able to just go out and mm-hmm. eat out and whatever and the lady who works at the reception of the complex was like you said the standing uh representation the walking representation of southern charm and she's very nice it was an older lady um helped super helpful but didn't stop her all of that niceness didn't stop her from you know charging me 900 dollars when i move out of that apartment <laughs> which is mm-hmm. like i was like all right if you're gonna charge me that much money why are you trying to be so nice to me it's like you tricked me 
Wow. Um, yeah. And that doesn't mean they don't stand up for themselves. It certainly just means that they, exactly. they, exactly. just, they just call you honey. Hey, honey. <laughs> like, hey, honey, I'm going to charge you $900. How about that? <laughs> like, okay. Actually, I wanted to ask you, like, I don't want to um, stereotype different regions of China, obviously, but is there like cultural differences in like manners that you've seen that you could kind of generalize a little bit between different regions of China, would you say? Um, Yeah. And I could be so bold as, as to say that the northeast part of China kind of reminds me of, um, um well, the northeast of of uh the united states and i mm. i i like to think that it's 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 weather induced it's just cold <laughs> <laughs> so people people who grew up in 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 this kind of cold weather half of the year they tend to develop similar habits when it comes to conversing with each other mm. and mm. they 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 all do this kind of um if you're someone who looks different they will probably give you this intense stare um, they'll look at you, but we don't take kindly to folks from ain't around these parts. The thing is, it's not really that. It's like uh. they will look at you differently and whatever. And they might like if you ask us, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, if you ask a stupid question, you might huh. be met with some sort of like, you know, a little bit of a judging tone from the host. But when they do need to give you the service, there's no holding back from that. And it's very like I, I personally enjoy that kind of way of mm, communicating mm, mm. a little bit better um and then but if you do go to for example southern china along the the river along the the east mm-hmm, coast mm-hmm. of china if you will um for example girls and i feel like people make this kind of distinctions for girls a lot more here for the mm, mm. you know very different kinds of reasons um girls in southern china are, are more soft-spoken people like to think they're more soft-spoken they're more you know tender they're more loving they're more and then the girls from the northeast part of china were more straightforward we probably talk a little louder <laughs> and we we probably resort to some sort of like you know physical solutions wow. as, well okay. it's not like <laughs> we don't hit people but you know we we tend to do more you know physical language with our body when we talk it's we're mm, a lot more mm. animated than other people but again it's like for example, when you say like Southern China or the East Coast of China, like you think it's so big and there's so many like hundreds of millions of people in each one of these places that even I want our listeners to really understand that these are vague generalizations and they're not going to really pertain to each individual at all. Not at all. Not even cities. Like if you go to Nanjing, mm. people from Nanjing, they know that when they speak, it sounds like people who don't speak their dialect would think that they're having a fight and they're really just talking. Mm. Same with like people from Changsha, like Hunan province. Uh, my college roommate is from there. And I remember when I was in, when we were living in the dorm together, she was on the call with her mom and I was like, are you guys okay? She's like, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, that sounds like you're fighting. She's like, no. <laughs> well, if I could make a generalization, I have found, because in Beijing, you have a, a small amount of people who are actually Beijingers. Mm. And then most people are not from Beijing. And you can tell the difference because most people from outside, they're just really busy. And I think that's why they came to the city is to be busy. But the Beijingers are like really confident mm. and very straightforward and honest. Like, 
So like they're like, yeah, it's like this. And so like you get this like very kind of gruff kind of a lot. I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of foreigners are like, oh, wow, they're very, uh, you know, I have a very abrasive exterior. For me personally, <laughs> I always found Beijingers like awesome because, you know, exactly where they stand right away. And so like they just say what they're thinking. And like maybe that doesn't come off yeah. like pretty for some people but like you never question about like where you stand or w- how they feel about something is very very clear and it's right out in the open and i really appreciate that actually. yeah like i said um uh this uh this rickshaw driver that we worked with for a shoot a couple of years ago and he was in the beginning we're like oh my god we're pissing him off like he's mad at us you know he's <laughs> he's because he's like where do i go where do I do? and then i was like oh god he's he's gonna be he's gonna you know cut this short he's not gonna let us do whatever we need and then he it turned out that throughout the whole shoot he was way more cooperative than we expected him to be and he would offer to redo things just so that we could get a better shot than even more like oh well i think we got it and then he'd be like like he's like oh. he's like he's like oh let's do it again and he's older and it was like in the like a super sweltering on a super sweltering summer day it was late uh early july and he was just he's older too and i was just like see like he does it he just doesn't have to he didn't want to be nice about what it. what year was this because i feel like beijing doesn't really have rickshaws anymore this was 2018 and this was in the hohai area they still run around those mm-hmm. areas oh yeah 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 yeah. i know what you're talking about the like touristy ones yeah. that are like really pretty and look old school because the, you know there was a time when i arrived in beijing there were these metal like I don't know, uh, tricycles that were in case, like, yeah, kind of tuk-tuk style rickshaws and they were everywhere. And then like, <laughs> Oh my God, they're gone now. <laughs> they were know? the, they were the best transportation from, no, the, they were not <laughs> the worker stadium to my apartment at two in the morning. It was the best because you can't get a cab and it's too close to get a cab or something. And these people would That's just not a problem in the West side. Ah, uh, well, okay. We have, you know, more things to do over on the uh-huh. East side of the city but um <laughs> no but really like sometimes when it rains or when it's a bad day it's really hard to get a cab and those rickshaw drivers were mm, like mm. i'll give you 30 coin they're like okay hop on and then it's it's like a roller it's like a roller coaster <laughs> I want to kind of switch gears here because, uh, you know, I'm an American, so obviously it's harder for me. You know, you know what a 360 feedback is in business terms? Yes. It means yes. you ask people around you, like different people, you know, your reports and your your direct line manager and like coworkers. Yeah. Hey, how am I doing? And, you know, what are my good attributes or my bad attributes. So I want to do this for Americans traveling in China. So, you know, what kind of things do Americans do in China that Chinese people are like, what, you know, (laughs) could you give us like a kind of 360? Um, A lot of Chinese people are probably just like, it's kind of funny because this is the same thing that Chinese people would do to to when they travel overseas as well. I think taking pictures is a big thing. Mm. Like, you know, whatever they think it's, it's worth taking a pictures off and, and they're just like, oh, I'm just taking a photo because it looks looks very nice but they're especially if you're traveling in a like you're okay in really big cities and you're probably okay in really small towns or, or rural areas mm. but if you're in sort of a, a second or third tier city mm. for some reason people are probably a little more a little bit more careful with their, their photos being taken or whatever mm. but i know that a lot of mm. people coming from and they're traveling you know people like to take photos when they're traveling and they think it's a moment or it's a picture that's worth capturing mm. but when they do like people 
that are being taken, the, the being photographed are not necessarily comfortable. <laughs> and they probably have, you know, if you're in a smaller city, they're like, we don't see foreigners here from day from a day to day basis. Why are you taking photos of me? And they get a little defensive about it. And sometimes people complain about that. Mm. Um, but it's like, you know, I've heard my friends complain about it as well. But I was like, you know, it's just you probably just warm up to them a little bit more first and then they'll let you do it. Well, I mean, actually, I do photography like as a hobby. And uh, uh-huh. sometimes I, oh, I, am, I am that person with a camera that's walking around and like, you know, hip parts of town or wherever, even a temple, yeah. whatever. And I'm just snapping shots. And sometimes when I go back to look at the photos later and I'm looking at people's expressions, some people are like <laughs> yeah. elated and some people are like, oh, my gosh. And they're holding their umbrella down so that their face is like yeah. concealed or whatever. And it's like you can tell they're not comfortable being in the shot. Yeah. Some people complain about, um, you know, uh, if we do like a, a what do you call that? Oh, God, I haven't been doing the news for so long. Vox pop on the street when you're. What is a Vox pop? It means I. Uh, it means just interviewing random strangers uh, on uh, the street uh. for like, you know, a very quick answer. And then sometimes it's not met with a lot of uh, willingness and mm. and even friendliness from the strangers. And people are like, oh, God, people are so they don't want to talk about this. They don't like the topic. I'm like, no, people just don't like to be on camera. It's very easy to do that in the U.S. I remember I was because when I was in journalism school, we were going on the street every day to kind of, just, mm-hmm. you know, practice how practice our thick skin and how to not be embarrassed mm. and people are super people want to be on camera people kind of long for that <laughs> exposure <laughs> and they would fight to be on camera mommy i'm on tv right exactly but chinese <laughs> people are kind of like we don't want to like why are you interviewing me i'm not re- really relevant for whatever you're trying to report or, or, or i don't know really i don't really know who you are like why are you trying to put me on camera and i, I don't want to it's not like oh oh this topic is you know i'm not comfortable or whatever it's the first thought of being on camera that kind of you know scares them off or just makes them feel like that's not a good idea and they walk away but then a lot of you know my friends here kind of take it as people don't want to talk about certain things i'm like well nah that's not really you know that's different well you know i could see that i mean i don't understand that if you were like a if you're chinese asking a chinese person a question but i can understand that maybe as a foreigners asking a chinese person a question because is this going to be one of those gotcha things that you put on your media yeah <laughs> because american a lot of reporters seem to do that where they like catch people and they like ask them really odd strangely like uh framed questions that have only like two answers and then they're like gotcha <laughs> okay put that on cnn and it's like uh yeah that's not rep- representative of what people think you just framed that completely weirdly i know so that's 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 just one example you know what about volume are are foreigners loud or like they quiet or they like no one cares (laughs) that is a very interesting topic because every time that topic comes up the the opinion kind of shifts because you know how we were, you know, some Chinese, especially those tour groups that used to, you know, before the pandemic, there are always uh, people in different parts of the world kind of complaining Chinese tourists being loud and stuff. Mm-mm-mm. But when, the funny thing is we were um, getting together with a with an American friend and she was like, she was like, American people are so mm, loud. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> she's like, I'm so embarrassed. It was like I was I was at the airport. And then I walk in there and these American people are just like, oh, my God, they were so obnoxious. And she's talking about her own people as if they're not. And she was like very 
annoyed by that because she's mm. like because you go to a Chinese restaurant she's like people talk but people don't you know get obnoxiously loud and if there's a table that's making a lot of noise you know it's a table of foreigners I was like it's it's, <laughs> it's kind of but I do think a lot of uh, 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 American people this is one thing like a lot of people from the United States I do think when you speak English you for me like I feel like I'm talking from a different part of my body like I it, hmm. the the vibration kind of, you know, changes a little bit. So I guess I project a little bit more when I speak mm, English. Mm, mm. And same with a lot of my American friends. When they speak English, they tend to be louder. Um, mm. But it's not, I don't know. It, it bothers some you know, people, but. I feel like, you know, uh, I I think it's a, for me going out in public, especially here in Wuhan, because there's not a lot of foreigners to see that there's oftentimes tables that are quiet. And then the loud tables are usually where they have alcohol. Yeah. Now, what I do notice about, you know, the foreigners, especially the foreigners in Beijing, is that they're oftentimes drinking. That's what they do. So they like, they, let's go to out and let's go drink alcohol so i think that maybe part of the reason that they're so loud is that they're all tipsy you know that is true because it's usually the noise complaints usually come from residents who live by certain type of like establishments and Mm, mm, people mm. would get really drunk and they would speak outside and that's really especially if you live in the hutongs there's no soundproof of any kind (laughs) i feel really you know i don't know what alcoholism like or like drinking alcohol habits are like in the united states now because i haven't been there in a while really <laughs> but like i feel like expats drink more than they they would if they were back home it feels like a lot of the people come over to china and this was the same in south korea and they're like okay it's drinking time and i'm just like really it is, is it <laughs> it's cheaper <laughs> yeah i guess that's part of it yeah right a, what is a Qingdao like four kwai for like a small can or something yeah if Three you kwai? buy it from the 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 the, the grocery store so which is like 50 cents for yeah, a Yeah, not even a dollar. Yeah. 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 And then everything is relatively cheaper and they make a little bit more, I guess, here. And it's and then I I, I don't know if it's true because I never really full time worked in another country. But I would imagine if you're working in another country, it still feels like you're a tourist here a little bit. Like you're traveling, you feel like you're trying to have a good time and you would do things that would constitute hmm. that. Hmm. No? No, yes. no, I mean, I, I don't really know. I was thinking about my own, while you're talking, I'm a little reflecting about my own experience working in China and my experience working in the United States. I would say that I worked harder in America. Like your bosses are constantly like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Mm. And like, do this. Okay, do go do that. Good. And, and in China, it's more like my experience has been like, okay, now, you know, make sure these things get done. Okay. And then they leave the foreigners <laughs> to their own to like sort out what needs to be done. It's like not as intense, like the expectations uh, for foreigners, I think maybe because they're really well paid compared to their local compatriots sometimes mm. because they're brought in specifically to speak English in some context. Mm. And so they're like, Oh yay, this is our English speaker. <laughs> so, I don't I don't know but like you know I noticed that my Chinese colleagues are usually working really hard and they have like the same expectations that a lot of foreigners would have had back home so yeah. I feel like in terms of work culture like foreigners get away with working less diligently <laughs> in China than they would have back home for some for some I am I am I have to, I had to say this but for some people yeah that's probably true but I also know people that are you know my colleagues um in my company they're really they work extra time they're 
shirt. One of my, mm, my mm, friend David mm. was texting me, um, poor guy, when he was working the makeup uh, a weekend, just the last two days. And he was like, oh, my God, it doesn't feel that it doesn't feel as good when you have to do overtime on a Sunday where you get paid double. <laughs> this is just you just get a regular pay. And you have to do seven days. And the, he was like, oh, God, I wish I could. I wish I could go home. And he didn't request a time off or anything. Because I know that a lot of times people just say, why go run? But, you know, yeah. a lot of people here are from England. They're from like, you know, Russia. They're from like the United States or Canada. I don't mean like politically, but like culturally, are there ha are there differentiations where they say, well, English people are like this when they come over as expats or like American people are like this. Are there are there like differentiations in how uh, other cultures are viewed? I think for the general public, the only differentiation between, for example, English people and American people are the was the accent. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. People like English people sound more serious. American people sound a lot more casual. But other than mm -hmm. that, I don't think the general public general public had any uh, preference or differentiations between how these two or how really any given groups of uh, expats would work in China. For them, it's all like, oh, they come from overseas. But there is like because a lot of people started to know that people mm -hmm. from other countries come to China to work from the late 80s to the early 90s. And those were different days when most of the people who came into China were probably either entrepreneurs or, uh, you know, uh, higher ranking executives or, uh, you know, people who work in politics. Um, and they'd like to think a lot of people still have that kind of impression that these people are highly skilled, highly educated and highly sophisticated with whatever they do. Mm -hmm. And they come here for, you know, really, really important things. But in, in reality, a lot of people now come here just for the experience. They like, you know, take a year or two, uh, kind of a, a gap, a break, like you said. And it's it's it, the the purposes of coming to China as a destination have really, really diversified over the years. Well, I'd like to point out statistically. I actually did a vlog about this. Statistically, yeah. uh, like more than half of all of the foreigners, and this is every kind of foreigner that live in China, have lived in China for more than five years. So what you get is two totally different pools of people. Pools of professional people who are here for like serious work and like this is their career. Then people who are coming over here, like you said, who are just like, well, I just want to spend a couple of years abroad or whatever mm -hmm. to like hang out and see what other cultures are like so I can go back and have bragging rights or something. <laughs> so like yeah. you have you have two very distinct groups of expats living in China. Yeah, basically people who come to China or people who just came to China. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. I wanted to ask more about honesty a little bit. So mm. I see my perspective when we began this conversation was that Chinese people are honest because it's a kind of polite courtesy. Mm. So to say, hey, maybe you should lose some weight. But you <laughs> seem, but you, you mentioned like coming back. So that makes me think that the context may not be totally 100% positive and bubbly. So like <laughs> I, I what could you maybe uh, shed some light on your feelings from maybe your interactions with people that you know about like when is honesty in China like uh, just being buddies and when have you gone too far? What kind of things you can't can't sort of say and still be like buddies afterwards? Well, the people tend to not say for Chinese people. Well, body image, of course, is one thing. And that's changing with the society. Like younger mm, people mm, probably mm. don't want to they don't want to some of them start to not comment on other people's, you know, uh, appearance and how they look mm, mm. Uh, older people still do my parents still do but there's one thing that's kind of not a taboo but there is a belief that um 
when it's about domestic issues. And that's definitely does not include domestic violence. Mm-hmm. But if you're just kind of bothered by whether you should be with this guy or what the, what uh-huh. what your boyfriend or your, your girlfriend said or did and you don't know what to do, we like to say, for Chinese people, we like to say, uh, would rather destroy... 10 temples than breaking up a marriage, um, mm. which is a little extreme, but that's to say how much <laughs> it is like, you know how I, 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 this is, this is my observation. It's very personal, but I feel like people are a lot more, um, I'll write about saying, Oh, he's not the right guy for you. You should just, you know, break up with him in the, in the, in the States or like, Oh honey, yeah. you deserve so much better. Just be done with that guy already. Mm. Um, whether that is true or not, it's still sort of expected here to not really comment Comments. in that fashion. You know, like, yeah. again, this is not a situation about whether, if you're being abused, that's a different situation, whether mm-hmm, mentally mm-hmm, or physically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if you're just having doubts or if you, if you don't know what to do or you're making this the major part of your life and, you know, this has become rather dramatic for you, it's kind of expected of your friends to not really tell you, like, you know, <laughs> like... Even if it's just, like, girlfriends. Like yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. Because you huh. don't know... I've seen awkward situations like this myself. Like, I'm like... Okay, well, break up with him, you know, like. <laughs> and they're like, what did you say? You know, be done with him. And then a couple of days later, a couple of months later, they got back together and they're like, oh, Alex said I should break up with you. I was like, what? <laughs> Alex, you're out. <laughs> I'm like, that's ridiculous, man. But the thing is, it is it is, it is, is a relationship. It is a marriage. Mm, and there are mm, always going mm. to be tricky things that happen. And the only two people that could really resolve this are the two people that are directly involved mm, in mm, it. Mm, and mm. sometimes when we're, you know, as outsiders doesn't matter how close you are with your friends you really can't help help her live her life so mm-hmm. that's one thing that people expect you to be just hold back a little bit because again it's not your life maybe don't try to just poke your nose into it and try to wave your little magic wand and tell them what to do because you don't know the whole picture you really don't i'm gonna switch gears again i was thinking about um American travelers in the 1980s were really considered like one of the rudest international (laughs) tourists. I think it was really like, you know, the 70s and 80s, American international tourism was kicking off and they were going all over the world. And people were like, wow, look at these doofuses. And so like there's even there's even a movie called uh, National Lampoon's European Vacation where like Chevy Chase, this actor who's, you know, kind of retired from acting now, mostly. Um he goes around and his family are just like doofuses all over Europe and everyone's just like, look at the Americans. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. And so, but I think, you know, Americans may have improved their image over time as they've gotten better at uh, trying to hold their tongue more. Although I yeah. you know, obviously there's a lot of instances we could find where Americans are still doofuses, but like, you know, <laughs> I feel like, China has actually already gone undergone this transition, you know, like 10 years ago, people were posting on media. Oh yeah. Chinese did this and Chinese did that, but you know, like it really got corrected very quickly. And I think it's because what is it called? The social credit score thing. I think I think it's not even the you know it's not even so much about the the credit score system because mm. before that the the credit score system really kind of took off um uh, in you know three four years ago in 2018 mm. when it was widely more widely applied and even but even till today like per, honestly as a person uh, living in China having a full time job like not really concerned about my credit score I pay everything on time and it's when I pay everything on time it's not because I have this Mm-mm-mm. credit score thing hung above my head and I have to look out for it it's just like 
Like, why would you yeah, not yeah, pay yeah. things on time? Like, we're, like we, we talked about this before in the financial episode. It's not a, a credit card heavy uh, economy. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. we're not thinking about not paying our credit card mm-hmm, bills mm-hmm. Or, 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 you know, uh, over with over withdrawing from our card or whatever. So people are just kind of used to doing that, you know, by the by the rules. And it's not a forced action that come out of people uh, comes out of people. And the travelers who go overseas to, to, to travel before, it's not, you know, like you said, in the 80s, America went through that phase. And I, I felt like in early 2000s, that was probably the phase for China as well, mm-hmm. when more people were able to just, you know, people's life uh, living standard was significantly mm-hmm. higher. And they have all of this, you know, money to use on, on leisure activities and go abroad. And you really like if you're the first batch that went abroad you really don't know how you know how to behave how to Mm, like how mm, to mm. respect or how to blend in into local culture and so you're doing things that are you know comfortable to you it's just like when you go to for example if you go to the northeast like the restaurants are going to be probably significantly louder than the restaurants here. And it's not like people are trying to be disrespectful. Like those are the people that have lived there for their whole life. And that's how they grow up. That's how they're, how they live their lives. And so when they go to another country, if they're not particularly, you know, aware of what to do there, of course, they're going to be a little bit, you know, acting out of line and stuff. And as more people are going and they hear, the feedbacks from the receiving country, receiving destination. And as people are getting more and more information on the internet and they're, you know, everybody's talking about experiences going overseas, people just get more, Mm -hmm. that awareness starts to grow. And that's how, you know, when you go overseas now, you have the idea of like, you know, you're not supposed to do this. And if you do this, people might look at you a certain way. And that's how things, you know, really, really changed. And there are more people that are going overseas well before the pandemic, of Mm -hmm. course. Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about the perception of the Japanese in America when they, and it was like the late 80s, early 90s, they also like had an economic uptick. Mm. And, you know, you were talking about taking pictures. Yeah. A lot of cameras come from Japan, especially at that time. A lot of high tech stuff was. Yeah. Yeah. Fuji, Canon. Like uh, the cliche was all of them have like cameras around their necks. And like there are a lot of Hollywood movies and TV shows where like in the in that time period, they're walking around with cameras, taking pictures of everything. (laughs) I mean, it's it's really the reception because you know how um, um, there are videos of like. Um, it's a it's funny videos is people talking about if like for Chinese students who study abroad when they come back you could easily tell where they went to school because of the way they dress themselves and <laughs> well, also accents they pick up they really lean into the accent so like if you meet a Chinese person who went to England you can usually hear oh this person studied in England oh yeah my my I met my best friend's uh, roommate when we went to Shanghai and he I think he was influenced by British accent when he was in high school and they, they were a foreign language high school and people that come out of their high school are all really really talented and they're all really mm, well achieved mm. and he i think he went to london for for grad school as well and when i heard him talk i was like oh my god dude he talks like this <laughs> like oh that's quite funny isn't it it's like it's it's very proper british english like british accent i can't even do mm. it and he was just very good at it and i love it mm, mm. it's 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 fun when you were in America, was there ever a time where you did something and you had an unusual reaction from your compatriots? I guess the the, the only thing that gave me like a huge kind of shock was the one. I don't know if you remember when I went to my ex-boyfriend's house and I called his mom by his first name because... <laughs> 
because I was I was living in northeast part of the United States before that. And everybody like my professor is like 78 and we call him like we call him Mardine. That's his name. Mm. Um, and I was like, oh, that's OK. That's, that's really cool. We could just get to call old people by oh, yeah. their first name, you know. Yeah. And I went to Charlotte. And I was like, hey, Deborah. And she's like, oh, who told you we were friends? I was like, what? Wow, wow yeah I, it scared me so much because i was like that seems like she was almost kind of like drawing a line because in california if, if okay for example if i brought a uh i am obviously happily married now but if i were to bring one of my like ex-girlfriends to meet my mom and they call her brenda she'd just be like okay yeah whatever you know right i think it's i think it's a original thing as well like i think in the south people still go by you know uh they still call ladies miss yeah, miss. yeah. yeah, yeah. and then uh, but also like you said like you could have said it with a, a lot more understanding tone, you, you know, if you would. But that's the thing that we talk about in the beginning. When they hear the way you speak, they assume that you know everything. Mm. You're so, you know all the rules, you know all the customs, but you you really don't. Like, I'm able to speak, sound like I'm from here, but still. That's one thing that, um, and this is a personal taboo. It's not a, a, a cultural taboo of Chinese people. But I, oh my God, I it gets me super worked up when people are like, how did you, how could you not know about this? I'm like, no, I don't. I didn't grow up in your country. I don't <laughs> know about this TV show, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I had an, an interesting experience. Me and a few friends, we were drinking. We were just having a few beers and there was a guy who there who was a uh, producer director in, in China. And it was this, a friend of mine who's always trying to write a script. I'm not sure if he'll <laughs> ever succeed at it, but he's always like, oh, I'm writing a script about this now. And we were asking this guy, hey, well, you know, what are the contexts in which we could make a movie? Movie. And he was giving us some tips about, oh, don't try that and do this and whatever. And we were both talking about how much we liked Deng Xiaoping. We were like really big fans. It just happened that me and my other foreign friend were really big fans of Deng Xiaoping. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Could we make a movie? He's like, no. You can't yeah. because he doesn't belong to you. He belongs to us. And we were like, and he, he got really serious about it. Like he, he was like, I'm drawing the line here. You can't do, you can't even think, don't even think about it. And it was yeah. like, whoa, okay. Yeah. So like culture mind, boom. Yeah. That's more like, I mean, uh, the mo- for me, if I heard that, most people probably wouldn't take you guys seriously. You know, <laughs> we weren't serious that we were just like, yeah, you know, shooting in the breeze or whatever. But like, I know that's, that's a more of a personal thing. That's that's the thing. It was what's a little bit hard for me to you know draw a conclusion for people to be like, oh, this is the culture minds. It's basically like as long as you're not trying to be you know a, a jerk about things in China, people usually are okay with everything you say or do. You know, and then uh, I think we talk about this probably like a, a few times already for people that are dealing with intercultural communication. Uh, scenarios if you say something as long as it's not bad intention both ends are going to be a lot more open a lot more forgiving mm-hmm. and then if you did intent unintentionally or unaware you know unaware what's the word uh, uh unaware of what you just said mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. offensive mm-hmm. to the other person accidentally accidentally thank you <laughs> and if the other person points it out just be like, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. And I, you know, that's, that's really, that's it. There's not a, mm, yeah. a specific cultural mind that you would step on that would always, you know, spawn at everyone that you talk to. There is one thing that I mm-hmm, think is, mm-hmm. um, and it's already been made into a movie and I read, I, I watched it a couple months ago and I think we touched upon it briefly as well before. Um, there's a movie called The Farewell mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's about, yeah. it's about death. In Chinese culture, 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's something like, you know, a super popular right? movie. It's, you know, if we're talking about honesty, which is about revealing the quote unquote truth to the person that quote unquote deserves to know, that's a scenario that in Chinese culture is, is, is very different from, I guess, Western uh, 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 culture. Um, you know, when a family member is terminally uh, or gravely ill mm, like mm. do you tell them and a lot of people choose not to and <laughs> you know it's hard to understand but i think the movie you know depicts the idea pretty well and you kind of go through the journey you kind of start understanding why and I, I was talking about this with my with my boyfriend of course again you know it's about who eventually shoulders that responsibility of knowing the truth you know who chooses to suffer so the idea of being honest in that case, I guess that's probably the biggest difference I've seen in Western mm-hmm. culture and and Chinese culture. I have a couple of things to say. So every time you speak, you're always inspiring me to say new things or think of new things. But there was a Saturday Night Live episode that was very recent. And it was like there were two figures and they're sitting on an airplane and like they're both have their headphones and one's watching a movie and the other one's watching the news. And she found finds out that the airplane that they're on is going to crash. And like he's like just watching, watching. Oh some movie like you know rocky five or something he's like wow this is that scene or whatever i don't actually remember what he was watching but she's this shows the difference between the two of them he's really happy and like they're both going to apparently die and that's that's the skit yeah and but she's totally freaked out and panicked and then like they bring on a psychology episode uh, or expert on the news she's watching and they're like well you know it's really interesting should they know that they're going to die absolutely not if you know you're going to die then blah it's going to make it 10 times worse and then they flip back to her and she's like oh god we're gonna die on the airplane and he's like smiling and said did you see this and it's like so maybe you know talking about that movie you know who who should they tell her or not you know i think that's way too deep for me to be able to answer but i want to really briefly talk (laughs) let's switch gears again i had a a leader a direct line manager previously yeah Uh, he one time said about like some behavior oh you know i was like oh i'm sorry no he said oh don't be sorry but like, you know, moving forward, just correct that. So just don't do that anymore. It's not about mm. in succeeding and like life. It's not about feeling bad about what happened. It's yeah. about making sure that the next time that the behavior is just different. So when you're if we're having a cultural exchange with someone and you step on one of these culture minds, it's not about like feeling bad that you said or did something you weren't aware that was there that you shouldn't yeah. do or say. It's just making sure that the next iteration of your interactions that that is no longer there. Exactly. And then the more you live, the more I realize it's really, you know, you, it's so misunderstandings are happening all the yeah, time. That's life. And it's that is really, yeah. right. It's Between really everyone. hard for you to just, for the other person to just understand you exactly how you want it to be understood. And just always remember that when you talk to another person. And then I guess, um, my boyfriend likes to say, he's like, when I go into a coffee shop, people are always staring at me. I'm like, no, not really. They might just be happening to look. <laughs> <laughs> they are because it happens to me. And like, it's totally true. Yeah, I, I can hear it. I can hear little whispers of white water. Yeah. You know, it doesn't bother me because it, I mean, I was thinking about it if, in America that you might, you know, in some context, if you were like, OK, maybe not in San Francisco, or New York. Right. Where like culture is really, really mixed in, like everyone's like used to everyone being from everywhere. But if you go to Oklahoma to some small town and you just like show up and you're from like China or like, you know, somewhere else, you know, they'd be, they'll be like, look, it's 
Chinese person. Well, you know, I can imagine that happening because, you know, it would be more I rare. Know. And so I, the experience of a lot of foreigners, especially <laughs> not in Beijing and Shanghai as much, but like, you know, smaller towns like you when I'm going around, I notice and it's actually sometimes it's really cute. Like, I feel like it's nice. A lot of people will come up and say, can I take my picture with you if I'm in a really small town? I mean, that doesn't happen in Beijing. Pe- Beijing people are just like, yeah, whatever. There's a foreigner there. Who cares? Yeah. But like you go to some small town, you almost feel like special because they'll be like some parents will be like, look, it's a teacher. It's a teacher. Yeah. I mean, like if, whether you're a teacher or not, they just assume you are. And like, or they'll just be like, oh, look, foreigner, let's <laughs> take a picture with him. And, you know, I think I think it's actually charming. We went to we went to Pop Mart the other day with some family friends and with their two little kids. And so, like, my boyfriend was the only uh, foreigner in the crowd. And then the guy the shop assistant was just staring at him and I was like, why is he staring at him? I got nervous (laughs) because I was holding, of course, our our three-year little kid, a friend's kid who's three years old had to buy a second blind box for the the princess that she wanted. So I was holding a a, a princess doll or whatever in my hand in the store because we went back in and I was holding it. And when the guy looked this way, I was like, oh my God, I hope he didn't think that we stole this. You know, like we paid for it already. So I got (laughs) nervous. And then it turned out he just wanted to stare at my boyfriend and say, welcome to China. Like, <laughs> Practices English, he maybe. Smile yeah. and he's like, "Welcome to China." I was like, "Oh wow, how come I don't get this kind of welcoming notes from people?" <laughs> so unfair. I was at a tourist location. I think it was Tianton, but there was like 2012. Mm-hmm. Someone came up to me, and they were clearly not from Beijing. They were from somewhere else because people who go to Tianton are not from Beijing. <laughs> you know, they're from like tourists yeah. from other parts of China. And this guy came up and he asked me to take a picture with him. So I was like, "Yeah, okay." And then I asked him, "Why are you taking? Why do you want to take a picture with me?" I was. <laughs> confused i just arrived in china a few months ago and he was like you're so cool so cool and he gave me thumbs up and i was like oh okay sure like, yeah like they're like if you actually hung out with chinese hang out with you know chinese locals or not you know because people who come from overseas who return from overseas experience whether they were working or studying they're like oh yeah i can hang out with you and I, we will try to adapt to whatever we know that will be comfortable for you but for a lot of like local chinese people they will really treat mm-hmm. you in the quote unquote Chinese way, which can't really be clearly defined, but it's always like, it's always pretty nice. And if you're, if, if sometimes, you know, when I say things like this, people will be like, well, but right, I've run into this guy. I'm like, well, you're going to meet people like that in every culture, wherever it is. Like they're always going to be mm, people that mm, are mm. not as nice, but majority of the people are really, are really kind. You know, they might not be kind to you in the way that you're used to, but yeah, yeah, exactly. they will surprise you with, with that. Hello, welcome to China randomly. Well, I think yeah. actually you've touched on the point that I was hoping that we'd eventually get around to in spite of like all of what are the rules of like being like culturally kind in different cultures. The point is that if you come over to China, like people, whether you feel like they are or not, are actually really being kind to you. It's just maybe they're being kind to you using a a set of rules that you may not be familiar with. So I want all of our American listeners who are thinking about coming to China to keep that in mind, that if you come over to China, people are really trying to deliberately be nice, trying to be kind. Sometimes you might not always feel that the tools that they used (laughs) to arrive there were the tools that you're used to, but they're definitely really open and friendly and kind. Absolutely. 
actually think about your favorite color before you come here because you might have a little kid on the subway trying to practice their English with you and come up to you and be like, what's your favorite color? <laughs> so you have to, you got to have the answer to that ready. Yeah. All right. It's always a great pleasure talking with you, Alex. Uh, that's the end of our show. I hope that we can speak again soon. Nice talking to you too, Jason. I look forward to talking to all of our listeners again very soon. 